0: You are listening to the audio podcast of gethsemane baptist church located in long beach california pastored by eli reynolds let's pray together father bless i pray the next few moments we have in church this evening as we look at scripture may it be something that is a help and a blessing to us and, uh, and also Lord, if there's some things here that need to be convicting to us, I pray that that would take place, that our ears would be open to the Holy Spirit of, uh, of God, to your, to your teaching and leading tonight in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Now I do have a picture for this message that, uh, you know, I always have a graphic for the screen when, when people are the problem and, and whenever it gets up there, I want to talk about it for a second, but uh, as you're looking at scripture here, verse 43, I want to go through this here. There it is. I love this picture so much. Now. I don't know why but i just love this is probably a family like walking to the beach or something but i just love the the one guy separated from the rest you know i just you know just i've had enough get away from me you know i need my own space here as introverts you know all the introverts here like i totally get this picture okay and uh, but uh, that's i i i enjoy that there but but sometimes you know it is easy to feel like it's you against the world it's easy to feel like you're the only one taking a stand at work you're the only one trying to live right sometimes within your own family. And sometimes people can act as enemies towards you. And that, and, and we'll see this biblically in a second, but, but look at verse 43 in the Bible here. Let's go through these just quickly, these verses, and give you a couple thoughts at the end. Ye have heard that it hath been said. Now, where do they hear that? They, they, he's referencing Old Testament teaching. But he says, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Now, that is something you can see in the Old Testament. That is something that God said. But this next part is not something you'll find in the Old Testament. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. So what is he saying here? He's saying, okay, you have all have heard something. But you have heard what God said. But you have heard what the Pharisees added on to what God said. That's the, that's the second part. Now, we have all been to church, and oftentimes we can be guilty, and I know in the past I've been guilty of maybe adding on to something or maybe saying something as if it were just absolute fact and absolute truth when it was really a preference or it was really a, a just something that I, I have a personal belief in. we got to be careful about that. And what, God, what Jesus was saying is, hey, you've heard that it hath been said, partly from God, but partly from the Pharisees, that you ought to love your neighbor, but you ought to hate your enemy. God never said hate your enemy, but he said love your neighbor. So that's where they heard that, verse 44. But I say unto you, so now he's saying I'm taking what was said and we're going to take it up a notch. That's, in fact, he does this several times through the whole passage, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Never said that it would be easy, <laughs> but love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use and persecute. In other words, you know, act like a Christian. When you look at our world, you know, uh, it, is, it is amazing to me to see how Christianity is publicly, openly mocked. And you know, in other, world, in other uh, lands, there's still martyrdom taking place. But, but why do people feel like they can treat Christians that way but not islam but not muslims and i will tell you why it's because they are fearful of what happens when they deal with the muslim world and they know that if they deal with them that those people are going to deal right back with them but i will tell you this why do people treat christians wrong because they know that when they respond to when they act toward us in hostility that we are going to respond in love and we're going to respond in kindness and we're supposed to right it's not like someone throws a rock at you then you pick up a bigger rock right you're supposed to respond as christ would he tells us to turn the other cheek and so people have no fear of coming after christians where they would have fear of going after other other uh you know beliefs and things of that nature but but this is what god told us to do it identifies you with christ who turned the other cheek who died on the cross for innocent crimes, okay? Verse 45, that ye may be the children of your father. You're identified with God, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. Sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Hey, you know, God's good to everybody. He's good to everybody. He treats you right. He treats people that treat him wrong right. And you know what? You ought to do the same thing. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? What's the big deal about you loving people that treat you right? Okay, somebody buys you a nice gift and you're nice to them. Oh, you get a hand clap. No, you don't. That's that's understandable even to the unsaved world. Do you even? Not even the publicans the same? In other words, hey, even the worst of the people in society. I mean, they they still treat people right who treat them right. And if ye you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Okay, so you're, you're you're you treat Christians right, good. But what about the unsaved people? Because even people that are in the world treat, treat their friends and family right. Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And again, perfect there, referencing to be mature and complete in, in, in your understanding and in your actions and, and in your Christian growth there. So there's a lot to this. So Jesus talks about enemies. He, he talks about the world, the flesh, the devil. He's talking here about people, though. He's talking about people and he uses the word enemy. In verse 25, he says, agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge. So even there he's talking about, hey, there are people in this world that will treat you adversely. There are people in this world that will treat you wrong and they will be an enemy to you. Now, we, we get that. And, and you may say, well, I don't have any enemies, Pastor, because you're just super spiritual. But you know what? That doesn't mean that other people don't feel like they're your enemy. And maybe we ought to have that feeling of, hey, I have no, well, I don't know. But what, what I'm saying is, other people may feel like you are the enemy. So we do have enemies in this world, and some of them happen to wear flesh and blood. And we'll see that. That's that's we know that. But notice who these enemies are, what they do. Okay, verse number twenty-five. Let's it. Verse twenty-five. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse number forty-four. There we go. All right. It says there uh, to to love your enemies. What's an enemy? Those that, the word is talking about those hateful or hostile against you. Those that are hateful or hostile against you. Then it says, bless them that curse you so there are people that maybe just don't like you did you know that no matter what you do in life there are going to be people that don't like you now some of you may not be able to handle that but you got to get over that there are going to be people that don't like you I don't like I'm just kidding I'm joking I do I do I like all everyone here I like it's those people online that I don't know I'm just kidding I'm joking they can't see me anyway this YouTube's not working but uh no I I'm kidding I I do I I I like people of our church thank god for that because there are people i don't like believe it or not and there are people you don't like and there are people that don't like me and there are people that don't like you it's just how a life is and there's nothing you can do in some people's mind to change that now that's a sad thing but but that's just how it is there are people that will curse you it means to express great loathing to condemn denounce revile wow But oftentimes what we will see is it's really not something that when we deal with enemies in the world, it's not something that has to do with your personality so much it has to do with the Christ that you honor and the life that you live. And it says here in verse 44, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. So people will hate you. Uh, You know, Jesus said, don't marvel not if the world hates you. It hated him first. And you're identified with him. There's going to be hate. It means to detest, to persecute, to hate. Then it says here, and pray for them which despitefully use you. There will be people that use you just for their gain. It means also to insult, to slander, to falsely accuse. There's, There's a lot in that word there. But then it also says to persecute you, to treat with hostility, to oppress you. So you may be thinking today, well, maybe you don't have anybody in your life right now that is actively persecuting you. Maybe you don't have anybody in your life right now that is actively just saying, you know what, you're a Christian and I hate you for it. Maybe it's not open, but but all of us will have to deal with people in our life that simply don't like us because we're Christians. It, It will just happen. And if there's not anybody you know personally then hey, guess what? There's a lot of people in the world that would hate you if they did know you <laughs> just because you're a Christian. So, But we do have enemies. There may be people that are enemies in your life because of something you did. Uh, maybe something that, that they did to you. I don't know. I, I read a story about a 100-year-old man. I think I've told you this before. Um, there was a 100-year-old man celebrating his, his birthday there, you know, a century, and there, a reporter came to his house and, and said, what are you most proud of? And the man said, I'm proud that I don't have an enemy in this world. The reporter said, well, that's, that's inspirational. What a beautiful thought. And the man said, yep, I've outlived every one of them. I'm 100 years old, okay? But, uh, you know, if you think about it, if you think about the problems you have in your life, people, people can be the source of the most stress in your life. People can be the source of the most schisms in your life, divisions. People can be the source of sorrow in your life more than anything else. You know, oftentimes when people are going through trials, it is related to people. If it's not a physical thing, it's oftentimes a people issue. And so uh, uh, there was some Greek philosopher said, pay attention to your enemies, for they are the first to discover your mistakes. Isn't that true? They're the first ones to see your mistakes. they are looking for them. Jesus referenced in Philippians chapter 3 people as being enemies of the cross. There are peoples that are are enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, The Bible tells us in Romans 5.10, That unsaved people are enemies of God, at enmity with God. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. When we were enemies, we were enemies of God as unsaved people. Think about that. Uh, Worldly Christians are the enemies of God. James 4, 4, ye adulterers and adulterers, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity or being an enemy with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And, and so even, so God has enemies, we have enemies, but we have in scripture here what God tells you to do with your enemies. This is not easy. But I want us to look at these four things quickly tonight, and it will not be lengthy. I want you to look at number one in verse number 44. But I say unto you, when you have enemies, what do you do? Th- this is not easy, but this is the Bible. I'm not changing the words of God. But I say unto you, Jesus said, hey, you got to take it up a notch. It's not just enough to love your brethren. But I say unto you, love your enemies. What do you do with enemies? You love them. Well, wait a minute, they're, but they're enemies of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Did that world only include people? Oh, we're already on point two. They're speeding me up. All right, number two, bless them. I guess we're just in charge of that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, love them. Doesn't help being sarcastic when you're a pastor, I tell you what. Okay, we're back. We're back. <laughs> uh, let's go back to number one there if it's if it's not too much trouble. Thank you. Love them. That wasn't sarcastic. that came across. I'm sorry. I apologize to the sound people. They do a great job 40% of the time. Love them. Love the enemies in the sound booth. Love no, I'm just joking. You know, like every pastor gives a sound booth, guys and girls, like like a lot of trouble, right? Just because so. But they have a tough job, and I really do appreciate them. There was no sarcasm there, there's none. Number one, (laughs) love them. Love your enemies. Love them. Now, let's please just not skip over this. Let's not pretend like this is just an easy command, okay? Because when you got someone berating you, talking about you behind your back, screaming in your face, hating you, hating your family, like not even liking your face, like just really being, it is very difficult to be like, love you, brother, love you, it's, it's very hard. When they are n- unsafe people, it's even harder. It's hard to love people. Now, this can be difficult, but, but if you're being, maybe someone is purposely being a stumbling block in your life, and God says, love them, love them. And you may have the spirit, you know, I'll well, I, I love them, but I, but I don't like them. I don't know if that's true. Because if you, if you are loving them appropriately, you may not enjoy their personality, but there should be an affection there. Now, look, it's natural for us to want revenge. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back. But once we are saved, we're no longer natural. We're supposed to be spiritual. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Now, he preached that message called Love Your Enemies, and he preached it from prison. But he was because he was thrown in prison. But he said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. You know this, but let's just remind ourselves from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, the two greatest commands in Scripture, God said, Jesus said, and he's going to summarize the entire law, all 613 commands or whatever it was, into two commands. And he said to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, all that, but also love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor. So the two commands that God gave was love. Love is the greatest command in Scripture it is the great. We have a great commission But we have a great command also and that command is to love you're told to love you are told Unquestionably to love and to love God but to love neighbors your life should be characterized by love That's that's a difficult thing because oftentimes Christians in our day are characterized by what they hate They hate this they hate this they hate this they hate this But We're also told to love love not the world Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But we are told to love God and love people. Love God and love people. Now, what if you don't like your neighbor? What if your neighbor is a jerk? What if your neighbor, not necessarily the person living next to you, but the people around you, what if they're loud? What if they're annoying? What if they play their music super loud next to you at work and you can't stand them? What about that? What about if your, uh, your neighbors are atheists? There are no stipulations here. Jesus said, Love them. But they're my, enemy. no, you love them because God loved you and God loves them and God is in you and God is love. So if you are going to identify with God, if you're going to identify with Christ, you have to have love. If you don't have love, then maybe the love of God's not in you. If you don't have love, then maybe you don't know God because God is love. Read 1 John. It's all there. Love is a a sign or a evidence that you are saved. Love is an evidence that you know God. So if you don't have it, boy, what does that say? You live a life of hate. It shows that maybe the God of love is not in your heart. You You may say, well, okay, I love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Well, that's what the person asked Jesus in Luke chapter 10 about the Good Samaritan parable. And Jesus gave that parable about the Good Samaritan. And he said, which now of these three thinkest thou was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And so he was saying, which one treated the guy like a neighbor? And it was the person that was of a different race. It was the Samaritan that was treating the Jewish person right. So that's who the neighbor was. And, uh, it was, and so God says, now go and do likewise. Pretty much anybody doesn't matter if they're like you or not. You treat them right. Look at your Bibles really quickly here to 1 Corinthians. And I'll move on to the next point here in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, please, in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Just read the first three verses here. We call this oftentimes the love chapter in the Bible. There are plenty of places that talk about love, but this one focuses on it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I will say that the type of love that I am talking to you about tonight is not a natural love, it's a supernatural love. I don't know that you can love people uh, in, a, in a way that is is right, in a way that is godly, if you do not have God's love. Like, how can you love as God would if you don't have God? But but um, it's a supernatural thing. But even as a Christian, you it's something that you need God's help to do sometimes. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. I mean, I could... I could have all these giftings and all of this great stuff that God has given me, but, but all of that, he's talking about gifts, spiritual gifts in the previous chapter. But he said, even if I have all these great gifts, but I don't have love, man, people, it's just going it, to hit a wrong note for people. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. And I could have all these giftings, I could do these miraculous things, but but and have all this faith and hope and, and gift, but man, without love, it's still lacking. I'm nothing without love. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, hey, I'm I'm giving now. I'm I'm showing charity uh, to people, as in the sense of, of American charity, not the word love in the Bible. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Love. Love is so important. The last verse in that passage, verse 13, and now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Why? When you get to heaven, you won't need faith anymore because you will have sight. You will see Jesus. You won't need faith. You won't need hope. What's there to hope for? You got it. But you will still need love. You will have love for, the rest of your, for, the, for all of eternity, love to God like you've never known, a deep love, an agape love, a love that is nev- like you've never felt in your life. You will have that for God and for the people that are in heaven. So it abideth forever. Love is not an emotion, by the way, it's an act of the will. You've got to do something with that love. I pray every day of my life, God, help me to love people. Not as easy as it seems sometimes. Love them. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number five. I, don't, I didn't keep my place there, but you can, you can uh, just listen if you want to. But you, you probably remember, but the first thing was love, and the second thing he says is bless them. That doesn't mean height, okay? It's not what it's saying there. But I send you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. The word bless means to speak well of, to speak well of. It even means to ask God to bring favor upon When's the last time you had an enemy attack you and you're like, but you're a good guy at heart. I'm praying that God blesses your life. That's hard. It's difficult. Do you speak well of your enemies? Well, they speak evil about me and I'm, and I'm supposed to speak well of them? How do I do that? The Bible says in Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The next verse says, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. When a fool is letting foolishness pour out of his mouth about you, don't answer in the same way. They may pour out foolishness about you. They may lie about you. They may say things about you and, and, and curse you and all this kind of stuff. But you're not supposed to let that stuff come out of your mouth about them. You're supposed to speak good. I've had. I have. I looked on my phone this afternoon to see if it was still there, and it is. I. I have like all the text messages ever from my phone. Like I, I, they don't auto delete or anything. And so I, I, I searched back through my phone to see if I still had the text message from about five years ago, and I do. And the text message says this. You are an unsaved cult leader. This is from a church member. Still here, still here, still a deacon. And No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they're, not, they're not here, they're not. They, they didn't stay long, all right? But, uh, but that text... You are an unsaved cult leader. And I still have that text. And, and I looked through the rest of the texts and, and they were similar in nature. I was like, wow, you know, and I recognized what it was. I recognized hurt and pain and, 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 and blame shifting and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was a unique situation where I felt like I did my best and other people could attest to that as well. But can I say, you know, when you get called an unsaved cult leader, Sometimes you can laugh that off. Sometimes you can get a little upset. You know, and, and it's not easy to speak well of people, even when they're coming after you and accusing you, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, whatever. And you've know, you got to learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. Don't just uh, speak, by the way, don't just speak well of people when they're around. Speak well of them when they're not around either. You're kind to their face. You get oh, I hate these stupid people. You know, maybe that's not the best thing. 1 Peter 3, 9, not rendering evil for evil. Someone comes at you with evil, you're not supposed to give evil back. You're a Christian. Or railing for railing. They're railing upon you with their words. You're not supposed to go back at them. But contrary wise, blessing. So they give you railing and they give you a, 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 a evil. You're supposed to give them blessing, knowing that ye are, are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Give good words to those who give you bad words. Next time someone cusses at you as you drive to work, God bless you, have a great day. <laughs> it's hard to do, it's hard. God says, what do you do with your enemies? You love them and you speak good about them. You bless them. You, you, you have that heart to bless people, even when they're not blessing you. Thirdly, he says there in verse number 44, and uh, do good to them that hate you. So you've got people cursing you, maybe. You've got people hating you at times, and and there are people that are your enemies, but what do you do? You do good to them. I want you to take your Bible. Hold your place here. We'll come back, and we're almost through. Go to Romans chapter number 12, if you would, in your in your Bible. Romans chapter number number 12 in Scripture, please, and we'll quickly go there, and and then i give you one last thought here and we'll be done. Romans chapter number 12. Some commands in Scripture are just not easy. Love people that hate you. Bless people. Speak good about people that speak bad about you. Do good to people that do, that do bad to you. Do good to people that hurt you, that, that curse you, that, are, that, that hate you. Romans chapter 12, verse 20, the Bible says this. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger. Now, why does it say therefore? Because the previous verse tells us that God gets the vengeance. You, you're not supposed to deal out vengeance. You're not a perfect judge. God is. You let God deal in the vengeance area. You deal in the love area. Verse 21 uh, says, verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. So the motivation is not to put them in pain, to heap coals of fire. But it's not about pain, it's about shame. It's about guilt. It's about showing them, oh, man, they're treating me right. They're treating me as a Christian, even when I'm treating them wrong. And, and, and that's how we ought to be as Christians. Be kind. It's the great law. Be kind. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. My mom used to say kill them with kindness. Now, uh, it does, you know, what's that mean? That means you just continue to be kind even with their mean. What that does not mean is that you name your gun kindness. And I'm going to kill them with kindness. That's not what it's talking about, okay? You, you, you be kind to them, all right? And, uh, and, and doing good to people, doing good to people, doing acts of love, acts of compassion to people makes a difference. It's better than just saying things. Oh, well, bless their heart. Why don't you bless their stomach with some cookies? Why don't you bless them with a, with a nice note that you wrote? Blessing them with an action. So, doing good to people. I mean, I, I think the Bible still says that goodness is a fruit of the Spirit goodness is a fruit of the spirit doing good to people so the commands love people that are your enemies and 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 speak good about people that may not speak good about you do good to people that do bad to you that hate you but lastly in matthew chapter 5 it says and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you pray for them now i will say if you want to be able to love people and you want to be able to bless people, and you want to be able to do good to people, I have found that the only way I can get my heart right enough to do that is to pray for people. Pray for people. It's not a new thing for Christians to be hated. It's not a new thing for people to be cursed and persecuted. Uh, but, But this command is the one thing that really helps you to do the other things. And this is the thing that people throughout Scripture, it's happened so many times, this is how they did it. It was prayer. I was in college and, and there was a, a young lady that my wife and I were close who were dating, we were acquainted with, and and uh, there's a close connection there. And, and uh, this guy came to college. And, and uh, so it was told her, this other lady, that, that this is the guy that you're going to marry. Like some leadership in the, in, the, in the college there was like, this is the guy for you, you know. And so the guy came to college. And people were like setting them up, you know, and everything. And so they, they, they went out on a date. And I was, because this, this other lady was close to my wife and, uh, and I was dating my wife. We we're very serious at the time. I I was roped into giving this guy a ride around town and taking him to different job interviews and giving him like a tour. And can I just tell you within the three hours that I spent with this guy, me and another friend of mine took him out. We were so kind and and after three hours with this guy, I felt like saying, get out of my car, leave college. I never want to see you again. I will not bless you. I will not speak well of you. I will harm you physically. If I see, like, that's how I felt. And I was a college student, like, like still, like, you know, dopey-eyed, like, hey, I'm going to love everybody, you know? And, like, <laughs> and I just thought, this person is making it very, very difficult. And I had a problem. that I felt like that person was very arrogant and proud and unthankful and just the entire time. It, 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 was, it was a rough three hours of my life. That I spent with this person with no thanks no gratitude nothing afterwards and I just really got out and said this is not the guy (laughs) this is not the guy for her or whatever and I remember being so convicted about it and the answer that I got from it was well why don't you pray for him I'll pray God kills him sure I'll be glad to do that you know well God humble this man you know no 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 And I began every single day to bring this guy in prayer before God. It was another college student, you know. I had, I had more important things to pray about, right, as I felt, But I began to pray for this guy every day, every day. Weeks later, month later, I tell you, I began to like him. I thought, you know what, he, he's coming from a different place. And I began to just give him the benefit of the doubt. God, nothing changed about that guy. What changed was me. Changed with me, and I still see him sometimes, and I'm glad to see him shake his hand. He's still not thankful. No, I'm kidding, but but you know what? But God changed me through prayer. And you may be praying for God to change your situation. You may be praying for God to change others, but maybe what God needs to change is you. Prayer works. Matthew Henry said, we cannot expect the reward of Christians if we rise no higher than the virtue of publicans. So you may be thinking today, well, Pastor, you don't know the people I'm dealing with. It's unreasonable. Well, I will say this. Having been treated worse than we ever could be, and putting these commands to the test, Jesus understands. And Jesus gets to tell us how to act. He was treated worse than any of us ever will be. He was hated by the world. He loved those that hated him. In fact, he died for those that hated him. He wept over cities because they would not listen to him. He blesses everyone. He says there, the rain falls on the just, on the unjust. Even those that revile him, he blesses every day. The people today that curse God, that worship Satan, they still get rain. They still get clothing. They still get breath. They still get some blessings that God offers. He did good to those that did bad to him. He died, rose again, and offered salvation. He prayed for those crucifying him on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So I think Jesus is the right person to be able to tell us how to treat enemies. So this evening as we close, I, I wonder tonight, how are you handling people? How are you handling people in your life that maybe aren't treating you right? What, what do you need to, who, who do you need to be good to? Who is God saying to you, they're not being good to you, but you be good to them? Who is God saying, and you may feel like it's people in church. Who do you need to pray for to change your heart? Who do you need to love? And I just wonder this evening, maybe there's somebody, and, and, and to be honest, you are their enemy. Because you're treating them wrong. Why don't you get right about that, too? Because you're not supposed to be the enemy of other Christians. Tonight, when people the problem, what do you do? You love them, you bless them, you do good to them, you pray for them. Father, thank you for this evening. God, this, this was not an easy command that you put in Scripture for us. It sounds really easy. It sounds easy in a church service surrounded by people that love us, surrounded by a spiritual atmosphere. But, Lord, I know that when we walk out of these doors and we're in life and we're in, uh, we're at home or we're at work or we're at the store and people want to curse us or revile us, then it gets very, very difficult. And I pray this week, Lord, as we go out into the world and as we deal with people, that, God, you'd help us to respond like a Christian. Our heads are...